and we're back. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Hawk Sense. I am your host, Alex Nicolau, and in this week's episode, we will be doing a review on The Batman. Before we get started, I have to apologize that there was no upload last week. I intended on reading through the most important bits of the Batman prequel novel, but unfortunately, the files all got corrupted and I was unable to post the episode for you guys. So I do apologize about that, guys, but like I said in this week's episode, we are going to be reviewing The Batman. And of course, the first half of the podcast will be spoiler-free for those who have not seen the movie yet, and the second half of the podcast will have some spoilers in it for those who have. So I will warn you guys when we get to the spoilers, but guys, if you have not seen this movie yet, I would highly recommend you do so. I honestly thought the movie was breathtaking. It had amazing acting, story, characters, action sequences, and so much more. It was truly one of the best detective comic book films to date, and Robert Pattinson gives an outstanding performance as the Dark Knight. As for the villain, the Riddler, he was menacing, he was disturbing, and honestly, I have to clap it up to directors such as Matt Reeves and even John Watts for taking villains who have been mocked in the past and turning them into such sinister characters. The reason I bring John Watts into this is because Mysterio has been a, a villain that's been laughed at. In the original script for Spider-Man 4, you know, the, the Mysterio was supposed to be some chubby guy in tights. It was going to be Bruce Campbell's character, and Spider-Man would be taking him in like with ease. And even in the Spider-Man 2 video game, the boss fight for Mysterio, you punched him once and he was down, you know? There's so many iterations of that character that has been mocked, and same thing with the Riddler. I don't think anybody thinks the Riddler is very threatening ever since Jim Carrey's performance in Batman Forever. So for Matt Reeves to completely 360 this character with the design, the mannerism, and the entire like idea of the Riddler was a really big risk, but I applaud him for it because it worked. Although I loved Paul Dano's performance as the Riddler, I think my one gripe is about the Riddler. I think he wasn't in the movie enough. That's my only gripe. The concept of this being Batman's early days and the origins for his rogues is brilliant and something I think Batman fans have needed. Also, the Gotham City portrayed in the film has the most character of any of the live-action Gothams and seems to be the most comic accurate. From the dark tone of the city to the fact that it is almost always raining, it felt at home with the Batman that Reeves has created. I also really like the relationship between Catwoman and Batman. I do think that Zoe Kravitz killed it and their chemistry was very, very good. And uh, I think she really did kill it. I, I like how they brought a whole new light to the character. There was also a really cool detective element that this movie had that I'll touch upon later in my spoiler review, but it felt really true to the comics and I really enjoyed that. I think this film also stood out a lot from most of the recent comic book films that we've been seeing, especially on the DC side of things, because I think they've been failing to meet the demands of the fans, especially with characters like, you know, Batman and Superman, it's just been kind of weak, and even with like, uh, you know, uh, like Marvel movies, it kind of broke the mold out of that, and it was really refreshing to see, and it's exciting to see this character fulfilled on the big screen once again. I don't know if I can go on without spoiling anything, so I think I'm going to end it on this note. I think this movie has restored my fate in Batman films, and I look forward to the future of this character and the universe Matt Reeves has created. So for my official, unofficial, spoiler-free review of the Batman, I will give it a 9 out of 10.
Now is the time for anybody who has not seen the movie, please click away. I would not want to spoil it for you. Go watch the movie and come back for my spoiler review. You have been warned. We will be talking about the Batman spoilers in 3, 2, 1. Oh my god, was this movie outstanding, man. Woo-wee! Matt Reeves did an excellent job on this movie, and we're going to get to talking about it a lot more right now in our spoiler review. One thing I do want to touch on is Robert Pattinson's performance as Batman. I think he did insanely good, and a lot of people had doubts that he would because he was in the Twilight movie, like that mattered at all. Because even look at Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger gave us one of the greatest iterations of the Joker to date, won Oscars for his performance as the Joker, and he was in a bunch of those rom-com movies from the 90s, and he killed it. He killed it, you know? And, you know, who cares if Robert Pattinson was in the Twilight movies? He gave us a great performance as Batman. Now, I know a lot of people had a little bit of a gripe on the Bruce Wayne aspect of things, and I can see why. But, you know, I, I think the thing is about this, there wasn't a lot of Bruce Wayne in the movie. And I think it's because it's his early days of being Batman and all he cares about is being Batman. I want to talk about Paul Dano's performance as the Riddler again. I loved it. It was a shame that he wasn't in the movie too much longer. But, uh, what, like I said, like the way they 360 this character was so insane. You know, the design was so creepy and the way he, like... The way he did the crimes was so different than what you would see, you know, in like Jim Carrey's Riddler. Like, I'm, a, I'm I did, I just did this crime. I'm gonna leave a riddle so you can find me. Like, it, it, it's, it's so mockable, you know, to have that type of villain. So the way they just made you no know, 360 this character and have him so disturbing and menacing, duct taping people's faces, you know, putting bombs around people's necks, making like making rat traps in people's bodies, suffocating them. It was so disturbing and it was, it was awesome it was literally it's it's awesome to see a character like that done justice i also really liked how the riddles were very intellectual and that's that's where it comes to like the detective element i loved how they were solving mysteries and always decoding a message and it really felt so it felt so good to see a batman like that a Batman who was really brilliant and was, you know, decoding mysteries. I know we've seen some detective elements, you know, in other iterations of the Batman. But that's one thing I really love about the character is, you know, how he's a detective and how he's one of the world's greatest detectives. And they really did show it in this movie. I also really liked how the Riddler's end goal was to get caught. And his plan kind of folded on him because he thought Batman was going to join him to take over Gotham. But uh, it ended up not being the case. But... Uh, I thought that was really cool. That's it. Like really, that's my only gripe about the movie is that the Riddler, I needed more. That's all. One thing I did talk about in the spoiler free review was how this was kind of like this universe is kind of like an origin for the rogues, which I thought was really cool. And, uh, you know, we, throughout the movie, we do get some rogues. We, uh, you know, see the penguin, uh, played by Colin Farrell, very well played by Colin Farrell, by the way, like, Wow. And then we know we have Carmine Falcone, which is pretty cool. Some of the mob bosses. And then we have that unknown Arkham Prisoner, played by Barry Keoghan. Alright, and obviously it's the Joker. Matt Reeves has already come out and said, yeah, it's going to be the Joker. But uh, one thing I think that's really interesting is that Matt Reeves doesn't even know if the Joker is going to be in the next movie. He's just, you know, setting up these, you know, origins for the rogues. So I think it's really cool on what they're trying to do with that. 
And I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to, you know, talk about that when we get more news about it or even, a, you know, news about a sequel. I think we also got to talk about the action sequences in this movie. Such great action in this movie. I love to see Batman just pummeling thugs. And even with, like, you know, uh, the the club scene was probably my favorite where he was just tossing people, beating people up. That was really cool to see, too. Um, but one one part that I really got, I think I got a lot of people thinking was when he took that shotgun blast to the chest and he jabbed some green fluid into his leg. That was 100% the venom that you that Bane uses. 100%. There was like there is zero doubts that that is the venom that Bane uses. Now if that's alluding to a Bane story in the sequel, that would be really cool. I think Tom Hardy did a great job as Bane, but I I I don't I don't know how they would do it without using CGI, but I want like a a six foot five Bane, jacked like I don't know who they would use or how they would do it, but that's the kind of Bane that I would want to see if they you know go down that line. But they could also be setting up like a Harvey Dent situation, Two Face, because the DA Gil Colson or whatever his name was was the one with the bomb strapped around his neck. So that could be you know alluding to the fact that you know he died. Now um, you know Harvey Dent could be coming. I know I'm jumping back and forth here and I apologize, but I think one of the things that I thought was a little bit weaker was maybe Alfred. I don't know. Andy Serkis did an all right job and I thought, you know, I maybe wanted to see more of the characters interact. So I think that's one thing that was a little bit weaker. But one thing I thought was really, really strong was Zoe Kravitz's performance as Catwoman and the relationship between Batman and Catwoman. To me, I've always preferred, you know, Spider-Man's Black Cat versus Batman's Catwoman, but you know, I'm, I'm more of a Spider-Man guy. You guys know me, but I really think that, uh, some iterations of the, of Catwoman are kind of weak, but I think Zoe Kravitz really killed it and kind of solidified how interesting this character really could be. Yeah. But her performance was really outstanding and it was the, the relationship between, you know, Robert Pattinson's, uh, Batman and her Catwoman was just, it felt so real and the chemistry was really there and you could really feel it. Uh, through all the scenes, all the tension that they had, when they, even when they first met, you could really feel that they were going to have chemistry, and it worked really well. One thing I also want to talk about is just how this film was created. Matt Reeves did a wonderful job. This film was gritty. It was so, you know, it like I said in my spoiler-free review, this movie stood out from any other, like, superhero movies that we've been seeing, Marvel or DC. It, it just was, here's the thing. This movie was made for Batman. It wasn't made for the DCEU. And obviously it wasn't made for MCU. This movie was made specifically for this character. That's one thing that kind of sucks about the MCU. Is that, you know, even when characters come into the MCU, such as, you know, Shang-Chi, they still have to link it to the MCU somehow. You know, Shang-Chi had... The uh, old Mandarin from Iron Man 3. Uh, Shang-Chi had Captain Marvel and Bruce... Uh, Br- uh, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Captain Marvel and uh, Bruce Banner in the post credit scene. You know, it had Wong. And, you know, it had to link to the MCU somehow. It couldn't just be a standalone Shang-Chi film. That's what this movie has. It has a standalone Batman. And it is made for Batman. It's not made for the DCEU, which is great. And... 
it sucks that we can't have movies like that nowadays, even though... I'm not saying those movies are bad, because even, just look at Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home is the greatest MCU movie of all time, and it linked to the MCU, and it linked to past Spider-Man movies. That's also just because Spider-Man was one of the greatest superheroes of all time. But, we'll talk about that another time. I, I, I'm talk, I talk about Batman. This is my Batman review, and I have to bring up Spider-Man somehow. But anyways, yeah, like, this movie wasn't made for a specific universe or to tie in with a universe. It was made to, you know, just stand alone. You know, that's what, what's, what's so great about this movie. You know, there's no limits on what they could do. Not only that, but the art style of this movie was absolutely insane. I love how it was really gritty and, uh... It was just, like, so dark, and it matched the characters so well. It matched the Gotham City so well, and I think Matt Reeves did a fantastic job about the movie. I think one of the last things I'll talk about is one of my last gripes. So I really only have two gripes about the movie. The Riddler not being in it too much. I wanted more. But then the last gripe I think I have is how they were kind of pushing it. Like, they were always pushing maybe to get that rated R feeling, and that's what kind of sucked. And uh, I liked it. I think they did a great job for it only being PG-13. But I felt like there were some scenes, some uh, fight scenes that could have been way more violent and more interesting if it was rated R. But other than those two little things, I really, really like this movie. I think Robert Pattinson has the potential to be the best Batman. One of my rules is letting the dust settle, alright? Because even when Spider-Man No Way Home came out, I knew it was a great Spider-Man movie. I knew it was going to be up there in my top three. Just didn't know if it was going to be number one, and it's not my number one. Spider-Man 2 is still my favorite Spider-Man movie. And then, that's the first, and then the second goes Spider-Man No Way Home. So, here, there's that. But, you know, I want to let the dust settle a little bit before we really rank this up high with, you know, maybe The Dark Knight, but we're going to talk about that after. But guys, this movie was absolutely spectacular. It was definitely worth the wait, and I would recommend you guys go see it if you haven't already, and I don't know why you would be here if you haven't already. But for my spoiler, official, unofficial review of The Batman, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. What I was talking about of letting the dust settle doesn't always apply to everyone else. Everyone on TikTok, the day after the Batman came out, was like, Oh, that was the greatest Batman movie ever. Oh my god, that was so much better than Bale, Batfleck, blah, blah. And the reason of that isn't because you loved the movie. It's because that's the only Batman movie you've seen, you know, since Batman v Superman. That's really the only Batman you've seen since that movie. And not even that, before that, The Dark Knight Rises was the only solo Batman movie. So, like, you're, it's excitement that's, you know, overwhelming your actual feelings about the movie. Not saying the movie wasn't good, because I literally just gave it a 9.5. It was spectacular. But people just need to let the dust settle a little bit. I'm commenting on TikToks, getting ratioed, saying, just let the dust settle. It's It sucks. It sucks, because nobody has that rule like I do. So, we're going to let the dust settle a little bit. And I'm going to have a special episode with John and Matt, and we're going to sit in a circle and talk about if the Batman is better than the Dark Knight. But that is for another episode. One cool little detail I want to share with you guys is that if you guys remember the website that Batman went to to speak with the Riddler, ratalada.com, R-A-T-A-A-L-A-D-A.com. It's an actual website, and you could go to it, and it says click for reward, loading 98%. So today might be the day 
what will be revealed. I have no idea what it could be. I think it could be maybe an allusion to the HBO Max series or what's coming next. But I, I don't be hopeful. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's like a little gag or something. But I think that's pretty cool. And uh, I guess you guys can see that on your own time. But I think that's about it for this week's episode, guys. As always, if you have any questions about Red Hawk Media, you can contact the program director, me, Alex Nicolau, at alexnico at iu.edu, or the president, Cicely Porter, at ciporter at iu.edu. Once again, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.